Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Uh, today's guest is actually my lovely girlfriend, Bethany. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so, basically the gist of this show is that we talk about films that I love uh, based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So, today's topic is a film that you think is underrated... And the film that I chose is The Emperor's New Groove. So uh, we're going to get to that a little later. But first, uh, Bethany, what films do you think are underrated? In general? Yeah. I have a couple, I guess, that I'd say are underrated. Mm. Um, the first one I'd have to say is actually a Disney film, Meet the Robinsons. Oh, yeah. such a good movie. I love it so mm-hmm. much. And it's definitely underrated. I saw yeah. it when I was in college for the first time. Um, one of my roommates was like, you're a huge Disney fan and you've never seen that? I had never really heard of it. Yeah. And then, um, because, and I'm guessing it's probably because A, it's not a musical, and B, it's not a princess movie. Those are the ones that seem to do the best. So then I watched it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then when the two of us rewatched it over mm-hmm. quarantine... I fell in love with it even more, and I was like, this is such a great film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we act, me and my family actually, uh, we rented it probably like a year after it came out, like when it first came on video. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I didn't, it was one of those films that, like, I didn't really think much of at the time, but then I guess when we uh, when we watched it, uh, this summer, yeah. it seemed better. It, it seemed better to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess it was well because also I guess one of the reasons why it might not be as well known is because that was kind of like pre um, like Tangled yeah. era Disney. And the um, what's it called? The cinematography, I guess you'd call it, just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other films do you think are underrated? Um, this one's a completely different ball game, like not Disney, but it's Me and My Shadows, the Judy Garland movie. Mm-hmm. This one didn't make it to theaters, and the one that just came out with Renee Zellweger as Judy, um, remember when we went to go see it? Mm-hmm. We went to go see it with our friend John, and I didn't really like it. Um, I was very disappointed because I'm a very big Judy Garland fan, and... I guess I was just comparing it to me and my shadow so much. And then remember I was like, I said to you and John, you guys need Mm -hmm. to see this version. It's the best one. And it was actually um, made by her daughter, Lorna Luft. Mm -hmm. And so I'd rather trust a source, you know, a direct source, her daughter's, you know, idea of her mother's life rather than just the media and writers and people that studied her life or whatever. So, um, that movie is absolutely fantastic. Um, it was, I think like a made for TV movie and it stars Tammy Blanchard as, um, Judy Garland younger. And she looks exactly like her. That is such a good film. And it's actually on YouTube, so you can go on YouTube and watch it, the full thing. It's in, like, six parts. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Me and My Shadows. I love that movie so it's, much. It's actually based off of uh, her book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think. I, I think so. I haven't read any books on her, surprisingly. You should definitely read that one. I know. I've just seen so many documentaries on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I haven't needed to read anything, but yeah, I should. Yeah. Uh, so what, so what other films? Um, okay, this one's, I kind of went in like, I kind of went all over the place with the categories here, mm-hmm. so I wasn't just like sitting in the same category. Mm-hmm. So this one's like a rom-com, and it's The Proposal with, oh, Sa- yeah. with Sandra mm-hmm. Bullock and Betty White. That is the funniest chick flick on the face of the planet, next to Mean Girls, of course. Mm-hmm. But it is just so good. It is so, so good. It's funny, it's quotable, it's it's just, it made me want to go on vacation to Alaska, <laughs> for one. That movie is basically about Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds are co-workers, and um, she's, I believe, from Canada, and they threaten to deport her, and the only way that she can stay in the u.s as if she marries and so she lies saying that she's engaged and she uses her co-worker who is ryan reynolds to um pretend i guess to be her fiance and then they had to you know go on this big trip to um this big trip to alaska to visit his family and they just keep playing along with it and then they decide okay we're actually going to get married but then we'll get divorced like right away um and then what do you think happens they end up falling in love for real but i mean it's hysterical because she's like the boss and she's Mm -hmm. really mean and he's really soft like it's it completely defies gender stereotypes which i love Mm -hmm. it's it's really great and you see her arc her character's arc so much mm-hmm. in the film it's yeah it's great um wh- like whenever she enters the the building in the beginning don't it isn't there a code like the witch is on the yeah, the, wi- the wicked witch has is yeah. flying on her room yeah. or yeah i i think uh because i know that we sat down and watched it like Ooh, uh together years, years ago, ago. But but before I officially saw it, I for some I guess because it was like on TV or something, I saw the part where uh, Ryan Reynolds and um, Sandra Bullock uh, go to his family's house for the first time, and they're trying to because uh, the, uh, somebody goes like, "Oh, how did you, you know, propose to her or something like that?" Oh, and he's like, and they're just like, uh, and so they just keep they just make up this whole like story like on the top of their heads. I remember there's this really funny line where, like he's like he's saying like he like he got her like a, like a, like a like a present and then like when she unwrapped no it, ring. he was like underneath all that crap was nothing. No ring. <laughs> yeah. She was like he hand cut out little flowers and hearts and they were just everywhere and I open it and there was this big and he goes fat nothing <laughs> yeah. and they're all that crap. <laughs> yeah. No ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We gotta rewatch that. Can yeah. we please? Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah, definitely. All right, should I move on? Yeah. One of our favorites, but I have to say, you might disagree. I think it's more of a cult movie. 
It's underrated. It really is. I'm sorry. I think so, but Clue. Clue is underrated. Oh. Well, that's like my... So underrated. It's like my third favorite film. I know. So. It's one of my absolute... It's probably my third favorite, too. It yeah. is such a great movie, but it's underrated. I know so many people, like, who haven't seen it or heard yeah. of it or heard of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I had never heard of it until I started dating you. Like, I never mm-hmm. even played the board game as a child. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. But, um, or, like, I had heard of the board game, but I never played it. Um, but, no, but I'm not even talking about people our age. I'm talking about even people our parents' age. My yeah. my dad has seen the movie, you know, a handful of times, but... Oh, he has? Oh, yeah, he really likes that movie. I but, don't remember um, him ever talking about it. Ask him. Oh. Yeah, but, um, otherwise, I don't... I've asked people, and a lot of people don't know it. Yeah. It's underrated. It's funny. If you don't know Clue, it is based off of the board game, the movie. And it surrounds um, a bunch of people being blackmailed. And they're all suspects because people keep uh, going missing in the house and end up being murdered. And they're trying to figure out who the murderer is. It's it's funny, though. It's really funny. Um, mm-hmm. The character, the characters are horrible, but they're likable. Like they're yeah. awful people. Yeah, yeah. But they're so likable. Yeah. But it's really funny because like the only character in that movie who's actually likable is well, I mean they're all likable, but the only character who's actually not an asshole is Mister Mr. Green. Green. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Mister Michael Green. McKeon. Yeah. Which is really funny because uh, a few nights ago oh, no. uh, we watched <laughs> we watched a, a, a movie <laughs> called uh, Hider in the House. And, uh, it's freaky, a freaky concept, but yeah. it's not, it's not scary. It's, it's just a weird concept. Yeah. Well, like Gary Busey stars as like the, you know, the main character of the film who's the hider in the house. Yeah. He's like living in these, this family's attic because he's homeless and he just got out of prison or, oh no, not prison, um, a mental uh, hospital yeah, yeah. and he has nowhere to go and he ends up living in somebody's attic and they never know that the guy's living in the house until the end of the movie. Yeah. It's re- it's real really weird concept. Pretty ridiculous concept, but but it was, it, it was just it's just funny because because Michael McKeon's in it, and those were my favorite parts of the film. Just like him in it, and just he you was know, such a jerk. He was such a jerk, but I don't know. He, like I can't help but just like you know I just find him funny. Like you know because because it's, <laughs> it's him. You know. Yeah. Um. All right, I'll move on if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, another underrated film i'd say is the hateful eight a, mm. Qu- a quentin tarantino film this movie is so good that it's disgusting it's kind of like um <laughs> it's, it's like it's so like, perfect it's kind of like a western meets, it is clue, like, meets clue almost yeah know? it really yeah. is yeah it's like if you took clue made it a western yeah but it's also the weird thing is i can really see it being done as a play yeah. i would love to see it done as a play It'd be really good as a play. Yeah, because it's basically one location yeah. the whole time. It's um for the most part. There's, yeah. The beginning is a little bit dry. It's slow. It's dry for about fifteen twenty minutes, and then it's just nonstop action. Like you can't take your mm-hmm. eyes off of it. It is such a good movie. So it's pretty much the same as Clue, where there's all these people, but they're forced to reside in a cabin on like private property i believe yeah. um for a, a couple days because there's a snowstorm so they're kind of stuck there 
And they all hate each other, and there's, you know, murder here and there, and... Yeah. It's really good. It is really, really good. And it's Quentin Tarantino, the famous director who did Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill, to name a few. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, because when it it came out, I don't really know what the consensus for it was, the critical consensus, because I I, I think some people liked it, some people didn't like it. Um... We went to go see it in the movies, didn't we? Yeah, we did. What year? Did I dragged you to go see it. And I yeah. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? Um, 2016. Are you yeah. kidding me? I thought it was so much earlier than that. No, no. I thought it was like 2013. Yeah, 20... no. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was only 2016. It's only yeah. been out for four years? Yeah. I feel like I've seen it a hundred times. I mean, we've, we've only <laughs> seen it like together like three times no it, right? we've watched it a, yeah. a couple of times i've watched it on my own a couple of times too yeah it was really funny because when i when um i actually was i watched it again um i guess like a couple of months ago because i don't know because i was just sitting around and i was bored i was like why not i'll just watch the hateful eight again and actually i really appreciated it uh that like even more that time around watching it than I did when I first, first saw it. I mean, I liked it when I first saw it, but then I think because, like, because I, I knew, you know, what it was all building up to. So when I was, as I was watching it, I had a lot more appreciation for it because there's so much, like, uh, detail that goes yeah. into it where you're like, because, like, when you don't pick it up, when you, what you don't pick up on the first time when you watch it, um, you know, like little things like here and there, like, um, like when Samuel L. Jackson first walks into the cabin and he, he kind of like notices that, uh, something's up and like some, like something weird happened there before they all got there, which yeah. I didn't pick up on the first time I saw it. Or at least I don't think I did, but, uh, but then like I, when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that's really, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, you want me to continue? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I have a couple more. <laughs> um, you're probably going to laugh when I say this because I'm not really sure if it's necessarily underrated or not, but I think it's underrated. There are so many different retellings of Cinderella. It's crazy. There's, you know, the Disney one. There's the Leslie Ann Warren one. There are so many, but I have to say the one with Whitney Houston and Brandy is just <laughs> A masterpiece. It is so good. I've never actually seen that one, I don't think. With Victor Garber as the dad and Whoopi Goldberg as the mom. Yeah, no. How? It's so iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. It was my childhood. Well, the music is Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, So that was the first, I think that was the first and maybe the only ever, um, like, movie made of the Rodgers and Hammerstein version. Mm-hmm. Every other one has has been like the classic, you know, fairy tale of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, wait, no, because there's a new Cinderella with Le- uh, Lily James. But yeah. that one's more... But that's not the... It's not a musical yeah. and it's more um, true to... It's more faithful to the actual fairy tale. It's kind of dark. Yeah. It's, that one's a good one, too, but no, this one, the one with Whoopi Goldberg and um, Whitney Houston, if you're listening, if you know, you know. Like, it is the it is the best. 
best. It is so good. Brandy is just the most breathtaking Cinderella. She fits the part just like it was made for her. Because she's just like a little Barbie doll. Like, she's so, like, cute and, like, pretty and talented. And it's just... It just... Oh, and Whitney Houston as the freaking godmother. It's just like, who cast this? I want yeah. them to just, like, organize my life. Because they organized that show <laughs> so perfectly. Or yeah. the movie. It is such a good movie. Yeah. You haven't seen it? No, I haven't. Are you kidding? I thought we watched it together. I don't think so. Okay, well, I know what we're doing one yeah. of these nights. Well, actually, speaking of... <laughs> underrated films and cinderella i think a really good film is uh ever after uh Which i know we watched I, wa- I know we i think we watched that together yeah, didn't we, we? Did. yeah it was okay yeah. i wasn't super crazy about it because i didn't grow up with it yeah you know yeah sometimes when you grow up with a film you're way more biased yeah. because like i have films like yeah, well, that I, too I, kind of my... i kind of grew up with that one yeah like my next one is kind of like that like, I'm biased because I grew up with it. Yeah. So, should I move on to that? Um, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that I've made you watch with me. Um, so, I'm, like, a very big Alice in Wonderland fan. As a literature person, as a Disney fan, you know, I just, I really love Alice in Wonderland. And I've seen, like, every rendition out there that there has ever been. Even the knockoff ones. Like, the ones that are, like, based off of Alice in Wonderland, but not mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen, like, so many versions of it. It's crazy. And my favorite one is the 1999 version. It has the most iconic cast in the whole world. So you've got Whoopi Goldberg again. You've got um, Robbie Coltrane... That's Hagrid, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Hagrid. Yeah. Um, you got the other guy that plays the other Tweedle brother who's famous. I don't remember his name. Yeah. You got Gene Wilder, um, Martin Short, Miranda Richardson. I mean, this cast is iconic. Ben Kingsley, so good. It is so good. There's probably other people that I'm missing. Um, There's like a lot of famous people in that film. There are a lot of famous people in that film. It's a really good film too. And um I watch that every, you know, couple years just because it just puts a smile on my face. And then there's also the version from 1987, I believe, with um Sammy Davis Jr., Ringo Starr, John Stamos. Like there's like there's so many there are so many people in that cast as well and that's a really good one and that one was made for tv and um they actually made it a two-parter so the first one was alice in wonderland or alice's adventures in wonderland and the second one is um through the looking glass but the best part about it is each part is only about an hour and a half so it's kind of long it's like three hours but they made it all in one it's all mm-hmm. one movie, and it's on YouTube as well. It's all one, but it breaks at the end of Alice in, uh, The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. And then it's like you can continue, or you could just stop it there. It's, mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, they have credits rolling, but then right after the credits, it goes right into the next movie. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Um, I mean, I, I must say, though, I think I think Martin Short might be, might be my favorite Mad Hatter. Oh, yeah. Oh, Martin yeah. Short's just... 
awesome. No, he's, he's he was perfect for that part. He was. He was hysterical. Yeah. I, for, I forgot um, Anthony Newley was the other one mm-hmm. in the other version that I was talking about. Yeah. But it's not that I don't like the Disney film, but it doesn't capture... It doesn't capture mm-hmm. it as well as the live action ones do. And don't even get me started on the Tim Burton one. Yeah. That was a train <laughs> wreck. That was the most disappointing thing I've ever seen in my life. But um, I would like a new version eventually because I just I think that's a, the kind of movie that you can just keep rebooting. Mm-hmm. Like you can. Um, because like every girl wants to play Alice like every, you know, couple generations. And one day I would just love to see another version very similar to the 99 version. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It is so, so good. I love it. Yeah. And I have one more film that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm like a really, really big Hunger Games fan. Everybody knows, probably. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows that. I know you know that, obviously. I'm a really big Hunger Games fan. I've read the books like three times. I've seen the movies hundreds of times. And I have to say, the most popular ones are um, The Hunger Games, the first one, and Mockingjay. But I have to say, Catching Fire doesn't get as much love as it deserves. I think Catching Fire is incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. It, I think it's a good film, but um, it's, I didn't know that it, that it was underrated. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily underrated as for films go but in the tr- in the trilogy well the the book is a trilogy technically the movies are still a trilogy because the last movie was split into two like kind of like the deathly hallows was which yeah. is too long um if you see on the bookshelf how much bigger the mockingjay yeah. book is next yeah. to catching fire mm-hmm. um yeah i don't it just doesn't get as much love as it deserves as the other ones and my brother we actually just watched the hunger games movies with my brother recently um, and he said the Catching Fire was his favorite, and mm-hmm. everybody I know always says the first one or the last one is their favorite. Catching Fire is great. That one took me by surprise the first time I, because I watched the movie before I read the book, mm-hmm. with, with that one. I read the Hunger Games book first mm-hmm. before I saw the movie, I remember, mm-hmm. but that was because we read it in school. That was part of the curriculum. And then I then we watched the movie. It came out right when we started dating. So that was the very first movie we ever saw as a couple. Yeah, yeah. As a couple mm-hmm. in theater. Because we mm-hmm. did go see a couple movies before. Well, we saw, we saw the Deathly Hallows Part 2 together. Yeah, we did. And John just, like, dragged <laughs> you there, just expecting you to, like, follow My, everything that yeah, was happening. Yeah, our best friend John, he said to me, he was like, oh, you'll really like it, you know, come, Jack and I are going to go together and watch it, I want you to come with us, and I said, well, this is like the eighth film, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, yeah, but it's it's really easy to understand, you'll be fine, yeah. <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah. So, I went to see it, and I don't think I knew what was going on, because, very complex. Mm-hmm. Also, the Harry Potter films are incredibly um, well thought out and great, but they're definitely not underrated, so yeah. I want to keep talking about Catching Fire. But when I first saw Catching Fire, I remember my jaw. I was actually sitting where you're sitting right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. in the bed right there, and my jaw actually hit the floor almost when I heard President Snow say the... Um, 
third, um, you know, because every 25 years they have um, a quarter coral, they call it. Mm -hmm. And he said the third quarter coral is going to be reaped from the existing pool of victors. So basically I was like, wait, Katniss and PETA have to do it again? They have to go back into the arena? They have to do this all over again? I thought that the other movies were going to be about them like overthrowing the capital and this Mm -hmm. and that, which... We all know yeah. that's what happens eventually. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea there was a second Hunger Games that we're, we were going to be watching. And when I watched it, I was not disappointed. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I really love those movies, like, so much. It's crazy. And the books. But otherwise, yeah. what um, what do you think about... What do you think about Catching Fire in opposed to... In opposition um, to the first movie? Well, I actually think that the last two films are those are my favorites those those are a lot of people's favorites that's why Um, i said the catching fire doesn't get as much love as it deserves yeah um you know yeah nothing bad towards that i'm just wondering what you think yeah no yeah no i do like that film yeah. yeah um but uh yeah that uh those those last two films are very uh I thought were very engaging. I could go on and on and on well, about please, those go films. On. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. They're just so good, but I mean, I don't I don't want to take up all the time talking about the Hunger Games. I mean, They're we have just... like five more minutes till we get to the Okay. the <laughs> official topic of the episode, so go ahead. Well, I started recently rereading the Hunger Games um because there's a new book that just came out called the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and that's about the president, President Snow, and his backstory, which I'm a little nervous to read because I don't want to empathize with him because he, mm-hmm. I don't want to empathize with him. I don't because he is a villain, and that's what he will always be. Um, but I'm rereading the books because I want to read that one, and I want it all fresh in my memory, and so that's also why we watched the movies recently, and also that, you know, because my brother had never seen them, and I wanted him to. And also, um, I found this girl on YouTube who does really awesome videos regarding the Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, Disney, and her um, YouTube username is Story Diver. That's all you have to put in. She's this red-haired girl from Australia, um, and she does really captivating videos. So she does, like, um character spotlights so for the hunger games she did like every single character that has a name at all every single one mm-hmm. um even some of the characters that are briefly touched upon but are big in the book um but she does like you know obviously like katniss and Peeta in the spotlight like she does each one individually but i mean she even did like the ones that are just seen in the arena like twice like it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy, um, yeah. So she, I really like her videos. She also, um, cause she gives you back backing information on the characters, and then she also explains a lot of things that people have questions about. I had so many questions about things like, well, what about this? How about this? Why wasn't this done? And she literally has a video for every single thing. It is so cool. Like I said, if you're like a fan of fantasy at all, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, go check her out. She does Disney um, Story Diver on YouTube. 
really good. I actually finished all of the Hunger Games videos that she made, so I'm kind of sad. But, <laughs> but I wanted to know what your opinion was about now that you know so much about it from listening to me mm-hmm. talk about it so much mm-hmm. because I'm just really into it and I taught it when I was student teaching middle school we did a hunger games unit and my kids were just so into it so into yeah. it so that's how I got so into it but I'm just wondering what are your what are your opinions I know you like the se- the second the last or second the last two books, which are, I mean, oh my gosh. Movies. Last two movies. <laughs> yes. Um, which are one. But I mean, like, what do you think overall about, like, Suzanne Collins's writing and all the, like, all the, it's like Harry Potter, like, all the detail that goes yeah. into it. Like, what do you think yeah. about No, I, I really, uh, I have a lot of uh, respect for, uh, you know, the way... Uh, certain writers are able to just create like all like this whole uh, universe. World. I know so many characters and so many like details and stuff like that. And everything connects to each other. Yeah, everything. It's so cool. Like they explain like why this is the way it is, and it's like that's just so much to come up yeah. with. It's it's really cool. I'm just like trying to imagine like all the like the time you would need in order to. write something like that you know i know it's absolutely crazy yeah um i'm also just like a sucker for dystopian novels and mm -hmm. um or anything dystopian i have to get into divergent next that's my next plan um but when i remember when i read the hunger games for the first time that was the first time i really resonated with a character like i always was like oh i i really like Resonate with Belle from Beauty and the Beast because, and I still do, but I really, 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 really resonate with Katniss. I always have because of her um, strong hatred for injustice. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't like she wants she likes fair play. You know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't like when something is wrong, and that's kind of like me. So I really, really, really love her character. She can be kind of like cold, I guess, or like emotionless or whatever but Mm -hmm. that's just how lawrence plays her in the book she's very different in the book she's very like um charismatic and yeah it's it's interesting to also see the differences between movies and books Mm -hmm. sorry i went off about this for so long (laughs) yeah no it's fine (laughs) no I, i wanted you to because i find it underrated i do even though it's very popular i do find it underrated compared to some of the other things out there yeah okay um so uh today we're going to be talking about the emperor's new groove um yeah uh so the emperor's new groove is uh it's an animated disney film released on december 10th 2000 uh it stars david spade john goodman eartha kitt and patrick warburton to name a few uh, the film is about an Incan emperor who is selfish and mean, and after he fires his advisor named Yzma, she plans to get revenge on him by poisoning him and taking his place. Uh, unfortunately, her dim-witted assistant, Kronk, uh, <laughs> confuses the poison with a potion that transforms the drinker into a llama. 
So Yzma orders Kronk to go out and kill Cusco anyway, but uh, Kronk can't do it because he's too nice and stupid. And <laughs> so he accidentally ends up, uh, so Cusco accidentally ends up with Pacha, uh, who is the town peasant that Cusco uh, told that he was going to take his land and uh, turn it into a summer home for his birthday. So when Pacha ends up having to help, uh, so yeah, so then Pacha ends up having to help Cusco on his journey back to his palace and turn back into a human. Um, yeah, so uh, this movie actually has an interesting history. Um, when it first started production, it was called Kingdom of the Sun, and it was a musical uh, with songs written by Sting, of of all people. <laughs> Um, it's funny. And you can actually go onto YouTube and look it up because um, they have like a, I think they have like a behind the scenes video and a, a musical sequence with uh, Eartha Kitt singing. Um, but uh, due to poor reactions from screen testings and creative differences among the staff, it was uh, written to be more of a buddy comedy. And the idea of it being a musical was just scrapped altogether. So. That's really interesting. It was basically a, it turned into a completely different, well, almost completely different film from what it was meant to be. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? that? On the fact that it was supposed to be a musical? Or just like the fact that, yeah, like a musical and that. I think they you know, probably thought, oh, we got Eartha Kitt. We have to utilize her voice because she's yeah. super talented or she was super talented. But I think it's stronger that being a non-musical again yeah. that's probably why it's not as popular as mm-hmm. like the little mermaid and the lion king because it's not a musical yeah it is i think it's stronger this way i think it would have been too corny yeah if it were a well, i mean i feel like there was there's kind of a lot of films that were coming out at that time that were kind of like that yeah i feel so i don't know i i think the change was kind of it was kind of a good thing. What's interesting, though, is that they don't even really play music in it. They only play music for, for like, background, like, when they're, you know, when you're seeing, like, yeah, a, time, yeah. a time lapse of something really fast happening. But otherwise, it's not like, you know, take a movie like Shrek, for instance. They play actual songs that people know. They, Hallelujah and The Proclaimers and, like, yeah. you know, and they play songs and clips throughout. Yeah. But they, this movie doesn't even do that. They do... Like no music, and I think that's what makes the dialogue. Well, except for um, stand. I mean out. that that one scene with the theme song guy. Yeah, as yeah. Says no, no, no. I'm not. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. But I mean, like, there's no like music. Yeah. Other than like a couple of small instances, and that's what I think makes the dialogue so strong. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, um, the end credits uh, actually has a song yeah. sung by Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, well, which is interesting because you know he was supposed to he he wrote the music for the original film. I don't find that super shocking though that they got Sting because they always get somebody like that to write the music. Like, look, yeah. they had Phil Collins write the music for Tarzan and for Brother Bear, and you know they yeah. Elton John wrote the music for The Lion King, mm-hmm. and so I think I think it's cool that they get yeah. So in some ways, I I. I do find it I, a little sad that we couldn't hear like the Sting yeah. Disney music, uh, Disney musical. I know. Um, but well, but it's cool too because, like I said before, there's actually a clip on on YouTube of Eartha Kitt uh, 
singing a song. Uh, it's called "Turn Out the Light," I think. Huh. And well, it's it's interesting too because uh, the it shows like the an- like what the animation was gonna be kind of, but it's like a rough uh, uh, draft of the animation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. All right, so I took a lot of notes. So did I. On this. <laughs> I think you took more than I did, but that's okay. Yeah. It's, I want to hear what you have to say about yeah. this. Uh, should I go first? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first thing I wrote down was just uh, the animation is just really good. It is. The you colors know? are very vibrant. Yeah, I mean, just, like, beautiful shots of the palace. Um, and, well, just, like, the pal- the palace itself... Like when you see it, there's just a, there's a lot of detail to it. Yeah. Uh, they don't they don't half-ass it. It's really like yeah. There's like little crevices. The details. And, yeah. yeah. That's why I like and but it's funny because like you wouldn't. I guess a lot of people wouldn't have expected that because I, I think when it when it uh, when the trailers came out for it, a lot of people were like, "Oh, David Spade turning into a llama." Like, <laughs> what is this? I remember the trailer and. Yeah, I, I actually, I remember seeing, like, trailers for it. I went to go see it yeah. in the movie theater. My mom yeah. my mom was pregnant, and she was like, well, whatever you want to yeah. do. So, like, my parents took me to see it, and my mom fell asleep because she was so pregnant. Yeah. When it came out, that she was just like, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to say, uh, well, yeah, so, like, it, again, it was, like, one of those films that, um, me and my family rented like after it came out and yeah you know like I remember like I watched it and I I liked it and I enjoyed it but it was it was that it was one of those films where like you know years went by and I kind of like forgot about it uh but then I don't remember which year of middle school this was uh it was either like seventh or eighth grade or something I remember uh our teacher actually put the film on for us and I hadn't seen it in years, but I, you know, I watched it again. I was, I, I just, I was like, wow, this is like really funny. Yeah. You know? But it was, it was funny too. Cause I wasn't expect, I, I don't think I was expecting uh, to like it uh, again. Like I did when I was younger. Cause it was like, oh, you know, stupid, you know, animated film that I saw when I was younger. <laughs> but then like I, 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 you know, I saw it and I was just like, yeah, this is just really funny. Cause like a lot of the jokes you know, went over my head when I was, you know, you know, the first time I saw it when I was like, I don't know, like six or seven or something like that. Yeah. So like to just to see it again, you know, knowing the jokes better, it was just a lot, it was a lot more fun to, to watch. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, um, uh, what are your, what are some of, uh, What's your first note <laughs> or something? Oh, I just kind of made a, I made a lot of notes about the characters. A lot. I guess that's my uh, literature major in me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And being an English, you know, teacher, that's kind of like my first go-to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, but I wanted to say bef- before I got into that, when you mentioned um, how the illustrations and whatnot mm-hmm. are like super detailed yeah and i said the colors are very vibrant i love how each character like their look is 
set. So like Cusco, they chose, you know, colors that would represent wealth. So like he's wearing like a gold headdress and or is that what it's called? The headdress, the thing on your head? Yeah. And then um, he's wearing like um, a cult, like I guess because it takes him place in peru i believe yeah um and he's wearing like you know a cultural outfit of um in bright red and Mm -hmm. so the gold and the red and then he's wearing these big turquoise earrings and it just the colors just look so good together Mm -hmm. and then there's pacha and he's wearing like lime green (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. and he's like all purple it's it's really cool. Yeah, the looks of the characters are really Kronk good. Kronk is yellow and blue, mm-hmm. but they're very bright colors. I yeah. really like love it. And Yzma's uh, like a contrast because she's all like black and purple. Black and purple, and, yeah. like Ursula almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like darker tone. Yeah. <laughs> she's like a goofier like Ursula or something. Yeah, you know. Uh, um, I guess I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, I I wrote um, they never bring up the bride thing again. That was something that, yeah. that you observed. Yeah, so he's supposed I, I to get married down. in the beginning, and then they never bring that up again. They're like, oh, Cusco, you gotta find a bride. And he's like, okay, yeah. okay. And he's like rating these women, saying like, eh, no, no, no. Like, you're going through no, a... let me guess. You and, have a great personality. Yeah, it's like he's going through a closet looking for a dress. No, yeah. no, no. Like, he's just like going, you know, through he was like women. He was like Tinder swiping before there yeah, was yeah, Tinder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, then they never bring it back up. Yeah. Um, so I want to just bring up a couple of the things that I mentioned. So this movie is incredibly quotable. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I think no music makes it more powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, so the familiar voices, the casting. So like David Spade, you know, John Goodman. Those are some great, um, those are some great voice actors. Yeah. Like, their voices are just, like, they're familiar, they're perfect for the characters, yeah. Yeah, well, that's like, that's the mark of a truly good movie, when you're just able to uh, quote, you know, line after line, like, yeah. from it. You know, and, and Clue is another one of those movies, too, that's really quotable. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about before. Um. Yeah, but yeah, like, when movies are able to do that, and you're just able to quote it, it's just, you know, it's great. Yeah. You know. Can we talk about the characters? Um, yeah. So, some things that I just mentioned. Um, I said Kuzco is such a great character. Here's the thing. He's not a villain. He's the protagonist mm-hmm. with villain-like qualities. Yeah. Well, That's what kinda, makes him so different. Yeah. Well, he kind of starts out as the villain. But then he yeah. he's forced into being the anti-hero. Yeah, you know. like I said, he he's the protagonist with villain-like qualities. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. He's a round, dynamic character. Um, so it's like he has an arc, mm-hmm. um, and that's in a, opposition to Pacha, who's more of a flat character, or he's, yeah. a, sta- he's a static character. Mm-hmm. You don't see any change with him. Cusco um, is like... He's like what eighteen, yeah. nineteen. I mean, they're like. There. I mean, they're basically like mirror opposites of each other. Right. That's the best you know? part. He represents like he's very childlike and he's very like me, me, me. Yeah. Where Pacha's like, he represents. Wealth. Yeah. Well, Pacha. Pacha like. He's, he's the, the he's the everyman. He's the character yeah. that helps influence morality, and mm-hmm. goodness. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is that there are so many archetypes in this movie. Yeah. So it's like, there's the bratty, you know, the bratty character that, oh, he learns to be good. And then there's like the good character. And then there's the mm-hmm. bumbling idiot. Yeah. Who's the side character of the villain. Mm, so the like, yeah. So I actually wanted to talk about Kronk a little bit too. Yeah. Kronk Phil. Oh, well, feels- actually, well, before you get into that, uh, I also wrote that, uh, I wrote down, um, uh, the scene where, uh, Yzma, when she's like, she's like throwing a temper tantrum about being <laughs> fired and she's like, how could he do this to me? Like, I, I practically raised him. him. It's like, yeah, that's why. That's because why. he's a total asshole. You he know? was raised by her. That's why he's a yeah. jerk. Yeah. And then he's like, and, uh, Kron goes, uh, yeah, you, you would have thought he would have turned out better. You and sounded then- <laughs> just like him. And Yzma goes, yeah, go figure. Uh, that's funny. That's kind of ironic. Yeah. Kronk, though, he fills the role of the bumbling idiot, but he's not annoying. He's likable. Yeah, yeah, Usually yeah. I, I love Kronk. Annoying. I wish, like, I could have, like, drinks with Kronk or something. He's so cute. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He would make you his spinach puffs. Yeah. Aw, uh, Kronk. Hello. So this is part two of uh, Cinemaniac Jack talking about The Emperor's New Groove uh, because we were... As we were talking, we were interrupted by a phone call coming in, but uh, a little minor inconvenience, but let's continue talking about the movie. You know? All right, so what we were saying, I don't know if we got this, but um, Kronk filling the role of the bumbling idiot, but he's very likable. Like, he is very mm-hmm. likable. He's usually, they're annoying, those kind of characters. Kind of like um, in Twelfth Night by mm-hmm, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he reminds me of Feste. I don't remember Twelfth he's, Night, unfortunately. He's like the jester, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. he's like the fool. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, before we were cut, we were talking about um, Yzma and Kronk and how they're pairing. I very much see them mirroring, like, Cruella de Vil and, like, Jasper and Horace. Yeah. But Jasper and Horace and Cruella are supposed to be, like, scary, mean, mm-hmm. evil. But Yzma and Kronk aren't. They're supposed to be funny and, like, likable, even though they're bad. You still think, like, yeah. you well, still like them. Well, she is scary beyond all reason. She is. <laughs> no, she is, but, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it before. She's kind of, she is kind of, like, Cruella de Vil yeah. in a way. And, um. In a lot of ways. Well, a lot of the villains have that similar, you know, evil for personal gain, you know. But mm-hmm. also, um, Yzma, I was gonna say she, <laughs> it's cute when she's, Kronk is, she knows how stupid he is, that's the thing. And she'll be like, you mean he's still alive? After he was supposed <laughs> yeah. to kill off Cusco, and he's like, well, and she's like, Kronk, like she's, yeah. you know, all that trouble of having a funeral and changing the yeah. castle so that it'll look like her instead of Cusco. And she's just like, oh, Kronk, like, uh, all right, yeah. let's go do it together. Let's go finish him off. Like, it's mm-hmm. just funny how she's not like yeah. any like other. Most, like, I, like most, uh, you know. Uh, villains? Yeah, villains. Yeah. Like, they kill off those people. They'd and be like, are like, you kidding? It's yeah. like the, like, I, th- I think of the part in, uh, Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader kills that, uh, that yeah. uh, ship captain for not 
catching the Millennium Falcon. Funny you mentioned that because I was thinking of Hades when pain and panic are supposed to uh, make Hercules. They're supposed to kill Hercules. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. They're supposed to kill him. And when they're like trying to escape because they know they're going to get in trouble, when he finds out, he grabs their tails and it's terrifying. Yeah. They're like screaming. So you took care of it, huh? Yeah, like, but he's scary. Yeah. yeah. Corel- I mean, not Corella. Yzma's just like, oh, Kronk. Like, yeah. So stupid. Like, it's cute. I like, mean, she's pretty. The relationship. Pissed, but... I know, but the relationship is kind of cute. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. It's probably very toxic, but it's yeah. cute. Um, well, yeah, I also want to say, um, the first time I was ever on a roller coaster, um, I remember, uh, my, uh, cause I, I guess I, sh- I shared a cart with my sister and when, as we were like going around the, you know, in the roller coaster, uh, my sister just turned to me and she was like, Yzma, put your hands in the air. You went on a roller coaster? Well, it was like a, it was a baby yeah, roller coaster. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way. Yeah, no, but it, it was a baby roller coaster, although I was still scared shitless. <laughs> oh, speaking yeah. of Kronk, um, you know what's really funny that I was thinking of the whole movie? And I wanted to tell you this while we were watching the movie. Do you remember? I was like, I wish I could tell you something, but I can't because I'm going to write it down. Mm-hmm. There's always that one stupid, like, buffoon character in the movie or play or whatever that has a one smart line. They always have that one really smart line mm-hmm. that has to do with, like, the realization of, like, as you know, fixed to the conflict. So, like, he says that whole spiel about, uh, I forget, but he's like, Oh, well, Cusco did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then it's, like, actually what really happened. And she's like, that's it, Kronk! Remember? Yeah, yeah. There's always that one dumb character in everything that has a smart line that leads the main antagonist to, like, their... What's the word? Their goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Or or just in general, like, they just say something really smart. Yeah. Like in Mean Girls, Karen yeah. does that too. Yeah. She has something where she says something really smart. Well, more in the musical, musical right? Yeah. yeah. But still, like, there's always a one dumb, stereotypically dumb character. I don't yeah. want to say dumb character, but you know what I mean. I mean, like, Kronk's, he's dumb. <laughs> but not, like, dumb, like, in a bad way. He's yeah. just He's just naive, you know? I don't want to say dumb. Like, they're not poorly written characters. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a great... Uh, duo um and they're they're a very unlikely pairing like you wouldn't you wouldn't picture yeah. like eartha kit and uh patrick warburton being like this great like mastermind duo, duo. Yeah. yeah you know um yeah uh but um i also wrote um i find it funny how cusco is just he's so oblivious to everything in the beginning of the film. Yeah. You know? Uh, particularly uh, the scene where uh, Kronk is uh, loudly pouring the poison. Yeah. You know, where it's just like... Pew, pew. The best part... The best part is when they're eating, and um, I think it's Yzma throws the drink into the plant, and the yeah. plant turns into a yeah. llama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. 
And it's funny too how like he he like he doesn't pick up on like obvious red flags no. that they give him. <laughs> you know? Uh and even when he's turning into a llama, he he's He's, he's so oblivious to like what's going on. He's like, so what's happening? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, I had one more character I just wanted to talk about. Yeah. And then we can completely give undivided attention to your entire sheet because you have a lot. <laughs> yeah. This is my last note though, too. Mm-hmm. I think the best character, honestly, is Pacha's wife. I love her. Oh yeah. So much. So yeah. let me just say. I wrote about her. I said, Pacha's wife is likable, she's independent, and she's the one that comes up with the plan to capture Ismail and Kronk. Mm-hmm. None of the men. It was her. Yeah. Which is, like, great, like, girl power. And she's pregnant. And yeah. she's super pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the kids are so realistic. Yeah. They're annoying. I wrote that, too. They're annoying. Yeah. But they're funny and they're cute. But they're, like, you know. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're like, I'm, they constantly are questioning yeah. the Kronk and Yzma and the little boys. Like, you're not my great aunt. You're my yeah. great, 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 great aunt. Like, that, you're so that's old. So, that's such a realistic, like, kid thing. Kid thing. Like, like, when you're just, like, over somebody's house and, like, this kid is just, like, constantly, like, asking you questions. It's like, can you just leave me alone? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Please. Like, <laughs> like lo- you might be, like, my great, great, no, great, great, great. No, but it's great, funny. Great, but it's great, funny. Great, great aunt. <laughs> it's funny though because kids are funny and that's the, I love the them. family is written very well they are they're very realistic and I like the, them and they're not stereotypically boring no they're not like most families are in these kind of movies i because i i think of that the scene too like where she's uh when the mom is getting upset that uh you know because he tells her that Cusco just sent him away without yeah. uh, telling him what he wanted and the mom is just like, I'm just, oh, I, it makes me so mad. I could just, and then she gets out like this, like snort, like at yeah. the end of it, she's like, I gotta go clean something, you know, yeah. it's just funny, you know? Yeah. 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 She's like, that's just, that's just that's wrong. Just, that's just rude. Yeah. I love her. Like, and she's, the funny thing is, is that she's such a strong character, but she's super, yeah. super pregnant. And that's, what's funny about it. Cause she does all these things. Yeah. That, like, her husband's just like, eh, just leave it alone. She's like, nope, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love yeah. her. I forget her name. The ki- uh... The wife. Yeah. She has a name. I think it starts with yeah. an N? She, she, that one was in a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know her name. I'm not talking about the actress. I'm just talking about the, um, the character. Pacha's it's, wife. um... It starts with an N, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, Chicha. Oh. Not an N. Her name is Wendy Malik, the actress. Mm-hmm. She is in a lot of things. Yeah. You hear her voice. What was she in that we watched recently? Jimmy Neutron. She, I think, I think she plays Beautiful Gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Love it. I'm looking her up on IMDb right now. Um. I don't know some of these movies. But is, but is, the kids are really cute. The, they are, but they're annoying. As they are the annoying, time. but they're cute too. Yeah, they are. Um, they argue back and forth. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Um, I also wrote. I, I, I don't think that the, the angel devil, scene uh, holds up as well. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, 
It's stupid. I don't find it as, it's stupid. I don't really find it as funny. Any, oh, I anymore. think it's I think it's funny. It's funny because it's Kronk. That's the only reason why it's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. It's just it's it's very like overdone. It's kind of cliche. It's cliche. You know? Yeah, but that's what's funny. Kronk is so like naive and ignorant that he's like, I can't make my own decisions. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Uh, also, like uh, Cusco's interventions can be kind of pointless. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, like I get that it's supposed to be like you know. Like breaking the fourth wall and stuff like that, but it's just like when know, he's like, like, did we really need that? When he's like, <laughs> you know? oh, 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 you see that llama right there? That's me. Like he freezes the movie. Well, yeah, well, that's fine. I'm talking about like the part where he like, it's like that the end of that scene where, you know, uh, Pacha is like, you know, he's upset because you know he knows that his house is uh, gonna his be, house is yeah. gonna be taken from him, but he can't tell his family that. So then he just goes for a walk. And he sits down, and it's a very kind of, like... It's sad, but it's a very... It's a good moment of the film. But then it just gets, like, ruined by the whole, like, stupid Cusco, like, coming on being like, this movie's about me, not him. But it does reinforce his egocentricism. Yeah, but I don't know. I just... He's I very self It's supposed to be funny, and I don't, I don't find that... that funny i do i think that's funny because he's very self-absorbed and we all know somebody like just like him you know what i mean yeah that's the whole point of his character is you're supposed to kind of like be like we all know that guy it's i don't know it just just seems kind of like filler to me it might be it might be but it's i don't know it's for kids too you have to think about that kids you know a lot of kids films are like that you know where they have a little narration over yeah i don't know also uh Cusco does a lot of uh fat shaming with Pacha throughout hey, the film. Pacha? Does he really? Yeah, like remember when he's uh the part where Oh good thing you're not a big, big fat, fat guy, guy right? This, this would be, be really difficult. difficult. That's right. funny. Or um what else does he say? I don't know. I can't think of any at the moment. Do you think that would be considered problematic today? Like yeah. I can't, I can't see many like animated films doing that today. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't. There'd be an outrage. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, I mean, like it's mean, but I don't know. Like it's, but it's only funny because of the situation. Because yeah, yeah, I do want to talk about their relationship at some point, Pacha and Kronk. Yeah. Um, because it's important. I also put down. I kind of find. Um, uh, Isma and Kronk and uh, Cusco and Pacha to be kind of like parallels to each other. Almost. Yeah, the good it, and the bad. Yeah, the duality. Yeah, well, I I put it's kind of the 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 film itself is almost kind of like a battle of the duos. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, it's like each scene. It's like it's like which you know part of the film can we make funnier? You know, I'm telling you that film, the especially the but, part when they go to the restaurant and they're constantly going in circles. Yeah. In the kitchen, yelling at Kronk. That scene, when they go to the restaurant, is so funny. Oh my gosh. This movie's so funny. I could watch it over and over. Yeah. It is like a battle it of is the like, duos, yeah. but it, But it's great, because both of them are great. And, you know, like, everybody in the film is great. And, uh, and even though, like, John Goodman kind of plays, like, the, uh, what do you call it? I think you call it like the straight man yeah 
Or, like, the everyday man. Yeah, where he's, like, he's not really, like, he's not weird like the other characters, but he's funny, like, when he's with Cusco. Yeah. You know? He's supposed to make you see ethics and morality, like, what is good and what is the way it should be. And that's why, that's why he's the character that, you know, influences change on the main character so like Cusco changes because of Pacha solely yeah and but the thing is is that Pacha himself never changes ever yeah yeah um I hate the scene where Pacha's son wakes up oh and he has a nightmare yeah he's like that's another scene I don't find it I don't find funny yeah we're talking about the scene where the little kids are sleeping and they have a nightmare and the mom's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And the little boy's like, oh, I had a dream that dad was over a river of death. Yeah, it's like, something. oh, it's funny because it really it, happened, you yeah. know. And then the girl's like, I had da- I dreamed that dad had to kiss a llama. And they're like, yeah, like that would Never ever happen. Happened. Yeah. It's just like, it's just it's supposed to yeah. be funny, but it's cringe. Yeah. It's cringe. Yeah. Um, and I, I also wrote that, um. Cusco has to learn to accept Pacha, uh, and Kronk has to learn to defy Yzma. Yeah. 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 Wait, say say that one more time. Like, Cusco has to learn to accept Pacha. Yeah. And Kronk has to learn to defy Yzma. That's, like, duality. Yeah, it's so, uh, it's so good. I know. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself for picking up on that. That is really, (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but. Not at all. Yeah. You're analyzing yeah. text, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, like, it was material. like you said before, like, Pacha Symbolism. teaches him. Yeah, And Kronk is, like, the nice... It's like the... It, and it's funny, because it's, like, the skinny character and, like, the big character. Like, the two, like, duos. That's a big stereotype, like, yeah. that heavier people are... They're put into funny roles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's also supposed to be funny that, like, Kronk is supposed to be, like, this big guy that's i think he's written to be like handsome too he's Is he? he's young and he's supposed to be like handsome and but he's like big like he's mm-hmm. like husky but he's like like oh i bake and like <laughs> yeah. i'm really like cute yeah like he's adorable i love the scene where he's where he's playing uh jump rope jump rope with the kids and yeah. he's like one fell off and bumped his head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it's like he likes the family, yeah, you know. And he's just, and at the end when they're leaving, he's like, "Oh, we should get together sometime." Yeah, and, let's not. He goes, "Let's not wait until the next family reunion." Yeah, like he thinks it's real. Yeah. Oh, he's so no, cute. Yeah, that actually that also reminds me of. He doesn't pick up on the fact that it's they're literally yeah. scamming them. He doesn't pick up on it. Yeah. No, but that, that reminds me of the scene where. When they're in the the restaurant and uh Pasha tells the waitress that it's uh Yzma's birthday so they so they can oh. make an escape. And uh uh Kronk goes, Haha, it's her birthday. Yeah, they're singing. <laughs> they're, he's just like They're singing you know? to her. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um I also so funny. I don't like uh the scene uh with uh Cusco and Pasha arguing. I mean, they argue in every scene, but I'm talking about the scene where he thinks that uh, yeah. Pacha is, like, trying to sabotage, sabotage him. him. Yep. 
don't know. It just felt. It just feels forced to it's, me. Well, it's also just like you need tension. But it's also. Movie. I guess it's filler too. You need, but you need that. You need tension. No, but that was important because then he saw when he finally, you know, because he he thought that Pacha was. He's like, you're not gonna actually take me back to the palace. You you're trying to keep me out here for as long as possible. So I'll change my mind about making my summer home. Yeah. And Pacha's like, no, I really care. Like he shows mm-hmm. that he really cares about him. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm really trying to save you. And then finally, when he's like, well, I'm gonna go. There is Isman Kronk. Bye. You've done your part. And then when he sees that they actually are trying to kill him, mm-hmm. that's important because he sees, oh my gosh, like, this is, like, it, he, you know, mm-hmm. it gets in his head where it's like, that's how I became a llama. Like, it's a realization point. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yeah. He sees that Pacha's really good. And that's why he, remember, because then after that, that's when he finds him at the lake and he's like, well, are we friends again? Like. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that's, that's a big you know, because you need a fight. You need some sort yeah. of fight or argument in order for the character to realize at all when they apologize that they were wrong in some capacity. And that's a character change. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote that um, Cusco... Uh, Cusco. <laughs> <laughs> Cusco. Cusco's change is uh, complete when he chooses to save Pacha over the vial at the end. You know, like when yeah. when when Pacha is like uh, falling, he's well, he's hanging on to that part yeah. of the palace, and but meanwhile, uh, Cusco's trying to uh, get the vial, and it's like dangling from that will the make other him part. turn back into a yeah. human. And it's like at that point, it's like you know, like shit, like he has to choose like between Pacha, you know, you know, like his old, like his old self, or Pacha. Yeah, and. I don't know, it, and when I was watching it the last time, I was like, oh, like, he chose him instead of the vial, you I know? I know, because that's that's how you know that he he has a dynamic, you know, um, character. He is a dynamic character, um, because, yeah, it w- the whole rest of the movie in the beginning, he would have chosen that vial. He would have been like, yeah. well, sorry, we see that earlier when he's... And he's like, oh, well, you promised. You shook on it. You know, mm-hmm. you promised you were going to, like, help me if I needed it. And he's like, ooh, you know, I did shake on it. But the problem is, when you shake hands, you, you need, need hands. hands. <laughs> and he doesn't have hands. He has hooves. Yeah. So he's playing him. But then, you know, at the end, we see he really does save yeah. Pacha instead. The whole beginning of the movie, he would have chosen Yeah. He would have chosen that vial to get back yeah. to his normal... Self, because that's what the whole plan was. The whole plan was to get back to the palace and change back into a human. Yeah, and um, it's well written. And I, I also love it when, like, as they're, uh, like, when they're up top of the palace, it's kind of like uh, there's like that callback to the scene where, like, they're like climbing like with each like, like back to back when they're yeah. trying to like escape from the alligators. Teamwork. And then like they do it again when they're climbing up on the palace trying to get the vial. Yeah. And then you see like uh. Cat Isma like 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 jump like jumping trying to get the vial herself. You know it's what, really funny. You know what? Like some because I I mentioned that it's very quotable. We both did. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines. I don't know why. It's just so funny. At the end when the soldiers are fighting for e- like they're they're mm-hmm. working with Isma, and then they get changed into all these different animals because of the vi- the vials going yeah. all over the place, and he just goes, um. I've been turned into a cow. 
can I go home? Yeah. And she goes, you're excused. And he goes, thanks. That's just it. Like, yeah. it's so funny. And, and he's the only, yeah. Fighting. No, but he was lucky though. Cause he's, he's the one that survives. Yeah. They all, all, they, they, they all die. I know. Yeah. They just, because they jump down into that, uh, you know, hole or whatever. But it's funny to they're me never because seen again. it's funny to me because he doesn't even think like, Oh no, can you change me back? He's like, yeah. Can I go home? He just accepts it. <laughs> yeah. But they, but they all accept it, too. That's what's funny. Yeah. They're like, does anybody else have a problem? And no. then he's like, no, no, we're good. And they're like, get them! And they're like, ah. And then they start running after them again. Yeah, you know? it's it's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I guess, uh, well, I guess what I wanted to say was that, because uh, I wanted to talk about kind of like, you know, the themes of the film. And I guess, like, one of the themes of the film is just like about... Uh, um, putting other people first before you. Yeah, know. learning that, learning that. You know. Yeah, definitely. That's a big one. Um, and it's funny because Cusco's very childlike, and like, I believe it's Freud's stages of development. Um, I believe it's Freud. It's been a hot second since I was in my psychology class in college. Mm. But, um, <laughs> there's also Jean Piaget's also his, you know, um, but I think it's Freud where, um, children always, you know, in, in a certain mental stage, they always put their needs first because they don't understand that mm-hmm. other people have needs. Um, and that usually lasts until about eight, seven, seven or eight. Usually it's around the ages of two to six mm-hmm. where they kids are just like well i want i want i want yeah. me me and me. it's like and he never like got past that he stage never got past that but he also never had people to raise him besides you know yzma besides yzma. <laughs> and that's what she is too but then finally pacha kind of acts as like that father figure to him yeah, and helps yeah. him learn mm-hmm. who he really is and yeah. another theme that i've find interesting in this is like like i said duality so with duality it's like you need to see good to understand the bad Mm -hmm. so he didn't understand that the way he was acting was bad until he met pacha and then he saw what being good was all about yeah and then he was like well because he really just doesn't he doesn't get it at all like when pacha's first explaining to him he's like well you know i kind of think that you taking our land just to make yours is kind of and he's like and that's bad, bad? and he's like and he's like well yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody's that heartless <laughs> oh yeah 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 but again like it just doesn't register with him because his whole life has just been about him oh absolutely you know? there are a lot of underlying themes in this um it's also like teamwork you know that's a big one mm-hmm. Um, Even counting Kronk and Yzma. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. even they're a pair, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like selfishness, vanity, untrustworthiness, arrogance. That's all like, those are all themes that mm-hmm. pop up, I suppose, when you're thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it's true, though, because it's like selfishness and like 
virtues and vices, kind of. It's like you even see that, the duality, like I said, the good and the bad, mm-hmm. with Kronk's on his shoulders, mm-hmm. the um, devil, devil and angel. angel. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, displaying what it's all about. Yeah. This is a very this has been a very deep discussion of it this has, Disney animated buddy flick. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, also, but it's, it's, yeah, it's great though. I just like that Cusco gets a reality check like a couple of times. Yeah. And it, you know what it really took? It honestly took like near death experiences. He had so many near death experiences mm-hmm. and Pacha saved his butt every single time. Yeah. And that's when he realizes, I guess, at the And Pacha end, didn't have to. No, he didn't have to. Yeah. And he they, and you know, he sees how selfish Cusco is, but he always says, like, there's gotta be some good in him. Yeah. And you he's know? right. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that at the end. And he becomes part of their family. Yeah. Oh yeah, also I want to mention uh, originally at the end of the film, I, I actually, I don't remember where, uh, where I read this, but apparently at the end of the film, uh, Cusco was, he was supposed to actually just go on and make Cusco-topia there. Really? But then it was actually Sting, believe it or not, who suggested to them, he's like, well, you know, I don't think he should do that because then it just shows that he didn't learn his lesson at the Ooh, end. that's true. So that's interesting. No so character. yeah, so then he, um... So yeah, so then what we see at the end is that he's just at the he's just at a normal well, house at that. Well, he hilltop. ends up making the hilltop. He ends up making the Cusco Topia next door, the hill next door to Pacha and his family. But what I really like about it is that Cusco Topia was just supposed to be for him, his pool yeah. for him, but he made it a big thing for. A lot of people to share with yeah. him. So mm-hmm. you see Pacha's family. You see people from the palace. You even see the little old man that he throws yeah. out in the beginning. Yeah. Like, he learns that it's better to have other yeah. people around mm-hmm. that, you know, And I love friends. how you, you see the you, you see the baby at the end. In, yeah, the, in the, the mom's baby. In the mom's... Uh, like a little, yeah. like, pouch. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think Cusco, like, Her hugs little, him or something. He's, like, swaddled yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cute. He, like, became part of their family. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's... Honestly, it's... Oh, stellar. It's a great film. Stellar film. And it's yeah. underrated beyond belief. Yeah. Were there any other things you wanted to note about it? Um... Because there is a second one. There's a sequel. And it's not Oh, good. yeah. I, I I don't it's not plan good. on seeing it. But it's not good. I might end up seeing it someday, but... If I do, it'll probably be reluctantly. It's really not good. It's called Crunk's New Groove. I mean, I haven't heard good things about no, it either. I so. watched it. It's not good. Um, yeah. What's it called? Um, there also was the TV show on Disney Channel. I never saw that. Mm-hmm. What happens to Yzma again? Does she die? She's a cat. No, she just stays a cat. She at stays the end. a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great too. Where at the end, where Crunk uh, is teaching all the kids. How to speak squirrel? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then he's like, and he's, and the Pacha's son like, uh, like not just her, and yeah. she's like squeaking. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. But isn't there another Disney film where the villain turns into an animal or something and stays that way? I don't. I don't there remember, definitely remember. is. I don't know what I what it is. I feel like there is. Maybe it's no. not Disney, but I feel like that's like a common trope 
where like mm-hmm. the villain if the villain doesn't die they turn into something completely like vulnerable and like cute like a mm-hmm. cat like she turns into a yeah. cat oh, i can't think of what other movie it would be maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong i don't know i mean it's disney so you could be right <laughs> people are turning into animals all the time um i know but i can't think of what it was I don't know. Well, yeah, so, um, yeah, this has been, uh, Cinemaniac Jack, uh, talking about, um, The Emperor's New Groove. Um, also, I wanted to say, uh, Bethany has her own podcast, uh, so you can go check that out. What's the name of it, Bethany? It's called Let's Talk Life, and it centers around mental health, um, and um passions so uh, you know that's a really bad description of my podcast jeez um well no it surrounds like mental health and like well-being and things that make you happy self-care including passion so like i have a lot of people talking about things that they do for a living or things they do for fun that just help them um live their lives to the fullest and make them happy um and so you can find that on spotify um or anchor or um, Apple Podcasts, I believe. Uh, is um, it Apple Apple Music? Is that what you use? Oh, I well, I just the podcast app. Apple I think. Podcasts, yeah. yeah. So it's called Let's Talk Life, and you'll be able to find it. There are a couple different ones, but mine is white with pink lettering and some flowers on it in a big circle. So <laughs> I'd love that if you go listen to that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. Um, I'm your host, Jack, (laughs) and uh, today's guest co-host was uh, Bethany. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, yeah, that's it. See you later.